We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is April 3rd, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, you know I am joined by the co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up, bro? Not much. Just uh, coming off of another win. I'm I'm getting more and more used to these wins, Jonathan. I got to say, five of the last six, I believe. Dropping the only one. Six the, of the last eight. Six of the last eight. And uh, here in the last few, the only one you dropped is the Memphis Grizzlies game. So I... Uh, I I'm doing pretty well. I can't lie to you. I, I'm happy to see that the team is winning. Uh, and also, you know, meanwhile, watching the standings, just, you know, see what the other teams are doing because it's uh, it's pretty nerve-wracking. So we talked to you guys a few weeks ago about our friends over at FOCO that had released their new, like, rookie star edition Paolo Bancaro bobblehead that was up for pre-order. They have another one, which is really, really sick. This is going to be limited to 100 bobbleheads, but they're coming out with the 2023 Magic City Edition uh, bobblehead for Paolo. So it's Paolo uh, with the like the Orlando font from this year's City Edition. You know that uh, kind of black jersey with the the navy blue uh, collar and, and and sleeves with that nice kind of like medieval font across the the chest. But it's got that Orlando font behind him. He's sitting on this like you know, kind of pedestal with these old kind of medieval like columns, you know, on each side of him with the Orlando magic logo kind of arching, you know, behind him as well. So if you guys are interested in that, you can go to foco.com and in their little search bar, just type in Orlando magic. You'll see all of their offerings there, but that is up for pre-order now. So make sure that you guys go ahead and check that out. And the, the magic's magic number, not so magic number at this point is one game. If the Bulls win one more game or the Magic lose a game the rest of the way here, the Magic will be officially eliminated from the play-in. That seems incredibly likely. Magic, you know, playing basically 500 basketball the last few months here. Chicago has been playing pretty well. As of late, they've won seven out of their last 10. We've been saying this, Luke, for probably about, I don't know, two and a half weeks now, maybe three weeks. 
the writing is on the wall. The magic season is all but over. Mm-hmm. But they fought valiantly all the way to the end. You're going to fall just short of the play-in, which is everything that we could have asked for to start the season, especially the way the magic started the season, those first 25 games. Mm-hmm. But because of that, Luke, we are planning for another draft lottery watch party. Most of the details are going to follow. We're still kind of ironing out the venue and and where we're going to have it and and what time and everything like that. But we can tell you it's going to be on May 16th, which is a Tuesday. It's going to be that night. So make sure that you clear your schedule for that night and plan on spending it with us at some venue downtown Orlando so that we can all hang out and watch the draft lottery watch party. Last year was a ton of fun. We had over 200 people in attendance. This year, we've already got over 250 RSVPs. So if you haven't already, you can click the link in this podcast episode or the YouTube video, wherever you are viewing or listening to the podcast, or you can go to our Twitter page. It's our pinned tweet. You can help RSVP for the event. You don't need to RSVP to be able to attend. It just helps us prepare the venue for how many people are going to be there, which if you want to have a smooth uh, smooth event, it is helpful to do that, Luke. So super excited about that. Yeah, man, it'll be a good time to to be able to hop into that, dude. And I mean, with the Magic winning and and going down and the lottery chances, it it almost like it doesn't matter. It doesn't impact my my perspective of that night because obviously, if you move into the top four, it's now becoming un you know less and less likely. But at the same time, it'll make it that much more exciting if it does happen. And uh, regardless, the place will be electric. We'll have a good time. I can promise you there's going to be you know some food available some drinks available and a lot of magic fans so i I, listen man i'm still pumped regardless um and i'm 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 looking forward to it i hope i hope a lot of people will uh will you know obviously honor the rsvp come out hang out uh say hey and see where the magic get their picks let's have this conversation now Mm. it seems like every year there's a team kind of in the middle of the pack and this is me just going straight from like memory, maybe this is anecdotal evidence, if if you will. It seems like every year a team that is in like the middle of the lottery, like that six to ten range, feels like every year a team jumps from that range into the top four. Like it just feels like a, a an inevitability at this point. We've seen it happen so many times. Even though we don't have the best odds at ending up top four or at number one, it doesn't mean that it's super, you know, impossible or, or really all that unlikely because we have seen it happen multiple times. And as we go through the last week of the season here, we have four games remaining on the schedule. You are seeing this. We had the conversation a few episodes. Should the Magic be losing games? Are we happy that they're winning games? Kind of what is the way to handle this the rest of the way? And I came to the conclusion this week, again, you're looking at the schedule. This week you had wins over... uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, that was last Sunday, and then you have the loss to Memphis, and then you beat Washington, you beat Detroit. Washington was especially interesting because they're right above you in the standings, and the Magic not essentially tanking that game away told me that the front office really isn't all that concerned about their lottery odds this year. And Luke, if they're not that concerned, I'm not that concerned. That tells me that they are... They have a, a strategy that maybe we're not even thinking of right now for the draft. Maybe they plan no matter what. They're trading these picks. They're they're packaging them, you know, with a player to 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 move on to, you know, another another player, bring another star onto this team, whatever. Either that or 
they are just convinced, as we all are, that Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are absolute studs. And they're saying, you know what? This is our core. We are comfortable with these guys. We feel like it is more valuable to get them this type of experience late into the season, playing meaningful competitive games against teams that are also fighting for their playoff play-in lives. And this is going to be more valuable for this team moving forward, Luke. I'm If Jeff and John are not sweating our lottery odds, neither am I. Yeah, I mean... That's the thing, and that's what I've I've definitely been concerned with the lack of percentage chance for the Magic Kid in top four. But then, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm watching the game tonight. Obviously, you feel good after a night like that where you just beat the junk out of the Pistons. And, you know, I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, do we, do we need the top four pick? Do we need it? And I understand that if we were more in the mix for a top four pick, probably my perspective is different. But and I would just want the top four pick regardless. But you know, the Magic being twenty eight and twenty four in the last fifty two, they're over five hundred basketball, um, and this is a team that is just solidly in the mix. If it isn't for that terrible start due to injury, and so yeah, like you said, your pieces are Paolo and Franz. And then do you just are you just going to build around them and then add a star in free agency when the time comes, maybe more of an established star by that time, whoever that is next offseason, whatever it looks like next offseason, by the way, the free agency class a lot better than the one that's coming up. A lot of big names that are unrestricted free agents. Um, So we'll see how it pans out. But man, I'm just. Uh, that is kind of the stance that I'm taking at this point. And like you said, Jeff and John, they're clearly not worried about it. We saw when they were worried about it, how they function. We saw all last year. Guys out Ignis left and Brasdakis, right. Ignis Brasdakis, baby. Oh, it's the Ignis Brasdakis show. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they don't care. They're They're building the culture. They're building a winning culture. And I truly think that at this point, man, they're just going to be adding pieces around Franz and Paolo. And if you stumble into a top four pick and can add a, a third stud alongside them in this draft, I'm sure it'll happen. But otherwise, they might just be looking at doing what we hope they do. Add shooting, add veterans, and see how next year goes. And then you can make your huge moves once you get kind of a test drive next year to see further how this goes. So with Franz and Paolo being your one and two, there's just so many possibilities that can happen. And uh, I'm really excited to see it. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm, I'm hoping that obviously a, that I'm trusting that Jeff and John are going to make the right move. That being said, what about that Wembenyama step back three today Dude. that he missed and got his own rebound for a tip slam? I've never seen that in my life. Let me reiterate how mad I will be if he ends up in Houston or even Charlotte. I'll. I'll be devastated for him. Yes, it would be a great story if he can lead them on to something, but it, they also could ruin him so quickly. And Houston, is, that is the number one place. I do not want them to win the number one pick. It can't happen. Nobody is saying that, like, obviously we don't want great lottery odds. I'm really happy with the way that this season has gone. 
But in a week from now, crazy things happen. You know, we're kind of right back where we were with you know the odds of of get like the six best odds. You know, kind of where like Portland and, and Washington we're really tied right now with Indiana and Washington, and it would come down to like a crazy tiebreaker. We could still end up number five where Portland is right now. Portland's just a game behind Orlando. So if you know right now we're tied with you know Washington uh, and Indiana, and right now because of those tiebreakers that need to happen, we're all sitting there with a thirty-one point nine percent chance of ending up in the top four and a seven point five percent chance of ending up the number one overall pick. That that would change, you know, once those those tiebreakers are made. But if we're sitting there at five with a forty-two percent chance of ending up with the top four pick and a 10.5% chance of ending up with the number one overall pick, I'll be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. But like we're saying, John and Jeff, we, we saw them act much differently this time yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Engineering losses. Yeah. All right. And and people that are, are saying like, oh, we should be trying to get Victor. We should be trying to get Scoot or, or Brandon Miller or whoever. Yes. It would be incredible to have... Two guys, especially if you end up with you know Victor or Scoot alongside Paolo, two guys on your team that you believe could be you know perennial first team All NBA kind of guys, and then Franz, who I still think has like an All NBA ceiling. Like if if that guy ends up making like five mm-hmm. second and third team All NBAs, I I wouldn't be shocked if you jumped into your time machine and came back and told me that's what happens. That being said. As great as that would be, we end up with Victor or we end up with Scoot or, or Brandon Miller. You cannot tell me in my lifetime I'm not seeing an Orlando Magic championship. Mm-hmm. That being said, that's not really what it takes. Like, sure, it's great to have that, and it would be an incredible luxury to have Franz, Paolo, and, and one of these guys at the top of the draft. But, folks, if that doesn't happen, it is not doomsday. If the if the lottery goes chalk and the Magic right now end up with the eighth and the twelfth pick, it is not the end of the world. It is not doomsday. It's still a fantastic day for the Magic, especially if they can add shooting at both of those draft picks. Yeah, I just want to go back through like the the list of of recent NBA champions, and I have a theory that in order to win a title, you need like a top ten to fifteen guy. Like a top 10 to 15 guy in the NBA. And then you probably need like a guy that's in like the 25 to 30 range. Like if you're winning a title, you need a guy who's one of the absolute best players in the league. And then you need a guy who's maybe one of the top 20 to 30 players in the NBA. And as I go through the list of recent NBA champions, Luke, we can kind of go through this exercise together. The 2022 Golden State Warriors had Steph Curry. Are Clay and Draymond top 30 guys anymore? Probably not. But they did have Andrew Wiggins, who was an all-star last year. Mm. Say what, whatever you want about one year of Andrew Wiggins. Last year, he was arguably you know, top 25, 30 guys in the NBA. I know he was voted as an all-star starter. That never should have happened. But Andrew Wiggins was fantastic last year. The year before that, the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis and Chris Middleton. And you have Drew Holiday, who's probably you know somewhere between 30 and, and 40. You could make an argument that he might be even higher than that. Uh, the year before that, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It helps if you have two guys who are arguably top 15. The year before that, the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi and Pascal Siakam. Absolutely. 
Golden State Warriors in 1817, Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. You have LeBron, you have Kyrie. It helps to have Kevin Love as well. Uh, the Golden State Warriors in 2015. At that time, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson absolutely matched that criteria. The 2014 San Antonio Spurs. Tim Duncan, uh, he was up there, but also aging. But you had Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard was also kind of coming into his own. That might be the exception, but when you have that many guys on the same team, it goes a long way. The Miami Heat, we don't have to get into that. The Dallas Mavericks, uh, who are we saying on that team besides Dirk is a, is a top 30 guy? Maybe the theory doesn't apply to every team, but for the most part, Luke, I feel like that thinking checks out. If you have Paolo, a guy that we believe can be a top five, top 10, top 15 guy in the NBA someday, and then Franz Wagner, who I absolutely believe can be a top 25 to 30 NBA player. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, I'm just more of the reflective type. And, you know, I just, I'd have to look. I'd have to look and 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 see as far as top however many guy. I would agree. I think that Jeff and John, we find out a lot about what they think about Franz in the coming year or two. We know what they think about Paolo at this point. You you can't help but think he's your number one for years and years to come. And then we'll see what they do. What 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 are they gonna do? Are they gonna let Franz continue to ride out as the two, grow into his own and all of those things? We'll see about it. I'm not sure. Um so yeah maybe maybe that's right. I do want to also note you need to every now and then Jonathan it's good to reflect. And I do want to reflect on the fact that the magic we're so lucky winning the number one pick last year <laughs> because this off season is completely different. The world might be ending. Like if you don't get Paolo Bancaro, what does this team look like? You probably watch Franz be the number one all year, which is fine, but you definitely don't have a Franz quality productivity type player at the two, you know, at your number two option. So I just, I am very thankful that, uh, that you're able to secure Palo, that this front office had the foresight to get Palo. Man, this season could have been way different um, for way worse reasons. So just was thinking about that, man, and, uh, and just how fortunate that we are uh, as a fan base to, to have lucked out. Yeah, I mean... Things certainly could have been a lot worse. I think if Franz is your number one all year, he's like dead at this point. Like probably nowhere near the same efficiency. And his efficiency hasn't been like amazing, but in in terms of like second year efficiency, he's been fantastic. We've been arguing that he might be the the best player, the best second year player in the league. You know, the best player from that draft class so far. I think the only guy that probably has a real argument for that would be Evan Mobley. Everybody else, like the the jury is still out on a ton of these guys. Mm-hmm. Cade, you know, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, so on and so forth. Yeah. Thank God for Paolo Bancaro because it would be a much different offseason. I, I completely agree. But when I when I again just kind of going back to that logic, 
you, you have to have a, a top 15 guy. You've got to have another all-star caliber kind of guy. I'm not saying that's all you need. You, the rest, you have to have good roster building the rest of the way. You have to have guys that complement those guys. You have to have a complete and deep roster. But having those two guys as like the foundation, and then you can just kind of go from there. I feel pretty good about that. Now, not every young guy that we have on this team is going to like hit there and, and meet their potential. But when we look at the other guys that we have on this team in terms of role players, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, if Jalen Suggs and, and Cole Anthony can met, meet their potential, if Caleb Houston can hit his potential, like you fast forward four or five years into the future, I cannot help but feel like the Magic are not that far off being contenders for an NBA championship in a few years here especially like you have to like the, the the teams that build through the draft and like you have to continue to hit in the draft, right? Like the Warriors, they struck gold with Steph Curry, right? They struck gold with Clay Thompson. They struck gold drafting Draymond Green in the second round. Like that's a lot of luck, a lot of draft picks that you have to get right. That's what it takes a lot of the time. If you're building through the draft, you look at the OKC Thunder, those guys have hit a lot in the draft, it looks like. And if the Magic can hit in this draft two more times, just give me two more surefire draft picks here, even if it ends up being 8 and 11. And I just, I, I get incredibly optimistic, even more so than I am about the Magic now. You definitely have a ring by 2030. I hope so. For Alex Martin's sake, I certainly I, hope so. That's what I was going to say. Alex Martin's hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the weekly state of the Magic. This week, the Magic went 2-1 and one on the week, bringing them to a record of 34-44. and 44. They have the fifth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. Currently four games back of Chicago for the final playing spot. They do technically have the same record as Indiana at 11 and Washington at 12. But each of those teams are technically ahead in the standings due to tiebreakers. Indiana, I believe it's just head-to-head record on the season. And Washington, currently Washington has one less loss in the Southeast Division than the Magic. So right now, that's the tiebreaker. Now, Washington has a game against Atlanta and I think Miami coming up this week, if I'm not mistaken. So that certainly could change. The Magic only have one division game left against the Miami Heat. So we'll see what happens. If they end up tied, I don't know where the tiebreaker goes from there because it's head-to-head record and then it's division record. After that, I believe it might go to conference record if you're in the same conference. And right now they each have 20 wins. So the tiebreakers with the the Washington Wizards and the Magic, if they end up with the same record and the same division record and the same conference record, I have no idea. It's going to get pretty tricky there. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Even regardless of tiebreakers, I'm pretty sure the tiebreakers only matter for playoff standings. Mm. I don't think those tiebreakers pertain to the lottery. I think if you have the same record, it comes down to like the draft lottery tiebreakers, which is essentially like coin flips. Yeah. So if the Magic lose another game or the Bulls win another game, then all of that kind of becomes a moot point yeah. because then Indiana, Washington, and Orlando are all out of the play-in. I will say, Jonathan, you had a... You were very used to saying the Magic had the fifth have the fifth worst record 
in the league because now they don't anymore. It is, the Portland Trailblazers do. Now the Magic have the sixth worst the record. Sixth worst record. We are no in the longer league. in that fifth worst record spot, which we've been in for months. Which is why I don't blame you for saying it. But I did want to literally months since December. Mm-hmm, I did want to point out we are now the sixth worst record in for the league. Five Congratulations, months, folks. I've said fifth worst record in the league, thirteenth in the Eastern Conference for five months on this show. And it has finally changed. However, they are still 13th in the Eastern Conference, which being the same seed, but not like totally out of the playoffs for like five straight months is kind of crazy when you think about it, it in it that feels, context. It's like a it's like a purgatory. We were just there for months and it never felt like we were going to get out. And we pretty much haven't. So there's that, you know? Yeah. The Magic have an offensive rating of 111.8, which ranks 26 in the league. They have a defensive rating of 113.6, which ranks 16th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative 1.7, which is 24th in the league. However, Luke, going back to December 6th, which is when the Magic were at the end of that nine-game losing streak and immediately followed that up with the six-game win streak. So 52 games since then, the Magic are 28-24. and Their offensive rating is 113.0, which is 24th in the league. Defensive rating is 113. Wow. Their offensive and defensive rating are both 113.0, but the defensive rating is good for sixth in the league and the overall net rating. I don't understand exactly how these are calculated. I know it gets a little bit deeper than 113.0 because I'm looking at a negative. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a net rating of 0.1. So they have a positive net rating of 0.1 over the last 52 games, which is good for 17th in the NBA. I believe that would put the Magic at 9th in the Eastern Conference, their 28-24 and record since December 6th, which would put them in the play-in. I don't want to make excuses for that 5-20 and record, but Magic fans know this. But when other teams look at Orlando's record, they need to realize this team is is not nearly as bad as the thirty three or thirty four and forty four record would have you believe, Mm-mm. and I think that was evident tonight playing against the sixteen win Pistons. I know we're going to talk more about that game, but I was like, man, like Detroit is really bad, and Orlando isn't bad. I know people said that at the beginning of the season, looking at the record, but. Certain folks in the media seem to have come around to the fact that the Magic are not bad. Yeah, the Pistons are. The Pistons are so bad, they are boring Luke to death as he sits here yawning. Mm -hmm. Looking at the injury report, Jonathan Isaac still out. Season-ending injury for that left adductor. Was dressed in his literal Sunday best today. Preached. Did not change. Came to the Magic game in his preaching suit, and yeah, that's not satire, um, by the way. He literally preached, literally on Sunday, and then went to the game wearing the exact because Kevin, producer Kevin, said something in our group chat, and he was like, "Ji looks like he came straight from church." And then I remember seeing someone tag Ji and Ji shared on Instagram about him preaching this morning, and I screenshot it and I said, "Is he wearing this?" And Kevin says, "Yep, that's the that's what it was." So, uh, yeah, no, not satire. He he literally did that today, which love that, love that. Love Dressed it. to the nines for the game and church. Facts. 
All right, folks, we're going to give a quick shout out to all of our patrons. Our patrons are those folks who help financially support the show. If you would like to be one of these lovely, wonderful people, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, or as little as $2 a month, you can help financially support the show and help us do all the awesome things that we do at the end of this season. You know, we're coming up to the, the end of the year here pretty quickly here. We want to make next season even bigger, even better, uh, you know, increase the quality of the show even more, you know, than, than we have been able to, to do already. Thanks to the support of our patrons. Uh, but if you join our Patreon, you can help us do that even a little bit more. Every episode that we have new patrons, we shout them out. We give them a special shout out. Also, um, our all-star Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons all get a special um, like credit on all of our YouTube videos and get access to our Discord channel where you can literally talk with Orlando Magic fans all around the world pretty much 24 to 7 like sometimes i wake up and i'm like you guys are talking about the magic at like 2 3 a.m like give it a rest even i don't do that like even i have to get some sleep but you can join our discord community and for our hall of fame and elite tier patrons we shout out those folks on every episode which i'll take the liberty of starting now shout out to the court cousins drew gooden armin carson tulo normal magic player history julio gabe Gaines, wiffle michael martin jamel miller Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Davis, Not Okay, K to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Migs, Orson, Salja, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Dan Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin', Chahin 177, Himlo, Ban Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Bank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull. His first name is his last name and only Franz. Shout out to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Luke, going all the way back to Friday night, the Magic took on the Wizards. Again, Markel Fultz, the DMV's favorite son, returned to Washington and plays well as he always does. The Magic had a 16-point deficit in the third quarter. 
were down by 11 to start the fourth, but rallied all the way back for the 116 to 109 win on the road over the Washington Wizards. Pretty solid defensive performance for the Magic, holding the Wizards to 39% from the floor, 34% from the three-point line. Uh, Gave up some offensive rebound opportunities leading to second chance points for the Wizards, which kind of helped them uh, stay in the game. But the Magic, 26 free throw attempts in this game, Luke, shot 50% from the floor. So really good offensive performance from the Magic. Three guys scoring 20 points or more. Franz Varner with 20 Paolo Bancaro with 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks. Markel Fultz, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. The thing that really jumped out to me during the game, Luke, and on uh, the box score, 14 blocks for the Orlando Magic. There were 8 guys that registered a block in this game, and 5 of those 8 guys had multiple blocks. Paolo, again, leading the way with 3 blocks on the night for the Magic. Uh, really just a, I, I don't want to say complete performance from the Magic, but a really impressive second half out of the Magic. Yeah, and it, let's just start here. It makes a world of a difference when a guy like Kristaps Porzingis is not in the game, not being able to be a rim deterrent, averaging a block and a half a game, made a world of a difference. Because in this one, um, yeah, the Magic have 58 points in the paint. And you, uh, listen, for a little bit, Jonathan, I just thought we were going to get Corey Kisperted all night. And we kind of did. I mean, for the most part, 9 of 14 from 3 for Corey Kispert. Always did a lot better job in the second half. I think he had like 18 in the first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did, they did a lot better from there on out. But at the beginning of the game, it just set the tone for what I thought would be a long night where you lose to a team that very clearly is not better than the team that we had on the floor last night. So that fourth quarter was ultimately the most impressive quarter of the game. You score 31, you hold Washington to just 13 points in that fourth quarter because it did feel like that the first few quarters. I was just frustrated. I was just irritated because I was like, there is no reason watching this game that the Magic should not be able to win this game. And so to see them really turn it on and put the clamps on in the fourth, clicking on all cylinders in that fourth quarter, super impressive. And then you get, obviously, that 25-point game from Markel. Then you're 30 from Paolo. You're 20 from Franz. 16 from Cole Anthony. Like, everybody was just... It felt like... It felt really good. And like I said, especially in that fourth quarter where you're able to do what you should have been able to do all game, but you consolidate into a quarter and we'll take it. That's how you get out of there with the win. It's a game you should have won. I'm glad that they were able to write the ship and, and get it done. So, I mean, questionable first three quarters, you know, mm-hmm. defensively overall, I didn't think it was that bad, but the first three quarters, 32 points for Washington, 31 for uh, them in the second and then 33 in the third quarter without Bradley Beal, without Kyle Kuzma, without Kristaps, it was pretty evident that it was like, all right, if you guys want to take 53s, which is what the Wizards did, which is just crazy, you know, kind of on its face, if that's how you guys want to play and that's how you guys decide you want to beat us, that's what you're going to have to do. And aside from Corey Kispert, who shot 64%, like you go down, Lon Wright, two of six, Monte Morris, one of three, Johnny Davis, two for 10. 
Kendrick Nunn, two for five. Jordan Goodwin, one for five. Like the Wizards just could not shoot the ball. Seemed pretty evident that was the magic strategy. Like if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us from behind the arc. They were not going to let them, you know, beat them at the rim. Kind of like uh, that Grizzlies game. Solid. Yeah, Grizzlies game where the Grizzlies uh, let us do exactly that as well and shoot 53s and we saw how it went so i'm glad that the wizards didn't pay attention to a losing recipe because they literally did what we did against memphis yeah i mean i would like to say that we have a Corey kispert you know a, a guy capable of hitting you know nine threes in a game like it, it, kind of like an assortment of looks a lot of them wide open especially in that first half we need a guy like that this offseason i know everybody talks about grady dick a lot of you know funny jokes that can be made with that name. But if we add a kid that can shoot the ball like that, I'm not even saying it has to be Grady, but we've talked about this a million times. If we can add some shooting like that this offseason, I would love to have a guy who is capable of doing that. Like Gary Harris might give you one or two of those a year, but but I very much would like a guy who uh, like volume guy who is capable of of getting looks and, and knocking looks down like that. But Again, you know, you, you cannot argue with the 116-109 victory of the Washington Wizards. Again, now you split the season series to a piece with the Wizards. And right now, because of that Southeast Division record, Washington is just above you in the standings, Luke. I hope after this game, so I hope on Saturday, you got 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN because don't forget the day following every Magic victory, don't have many games left in the season, folks, so take advantage of this. But the day following every Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Luke, the Pistons on Sunday night. This was the longest game that I can possibly remember. The first half, especially, between the officiating, the reviews, the uh, game clock and shot clock issues. The first half, I believe, took pretty close to an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you have you know, a 15-minute halftime session. Like Usually an NBA game is like you know, two hours and 15 minutes to like two and a half hours. At one point, this game was on pace to be three hours. Like That first half, just absolutely ridiculous. To their credit, like the Magic very easily like could have gotten you know, out of rhythm and, and just you know, kind of got out of what they wanted to do, uh, but still like led for the majority of this game and led by double digits and 20 points for the majority of this game. You know, Magic still did a great job against the Pistons, never really giving them a chance. I know the Pistons, uh, you know, without Cade Cunningham, you know, a team that is, uh, you know, I believe the worst record in the league, yeah, 16 and 62. Another year where they're going to have top odds at the number one overall pick. It's good to see the Magic, who have you know struggled putting the Pistons out of their misery earlier in the season and in some of their earlier meetings, and just come out and absolutely blow the doors off of them. You know, a twenty-six point lead, and honestly, I feel like this could have been a, a thirty or a, or a forty-point win if the starters you know would have played like the whole fourth quarter. A lot of the fourth quarter was just games over garbage time we saw michael carter williams uh make his season debut for the magic we saw jay scrub make his season debut for the magic chuma okake he came in i believe like midway through the third he played 11 and a half minutes in this game but we also saw caleb houston and admiral schofield get in in this game 
a lot of garbage time in this game, Luke, but just a super well-balanced offensive attack for the Magic. They shot 57% from the floor, 51% from the three-point line, and we go down the box score, 16 from Franz, 14 from Paolo, 14 from Wendell, 11 from Markel, 17 from Cole, 18 from Jalen, 13 from Goga, 11 from Moritz. For your leading scorer to have 18 points in a game that you, as a team, scored 130, basically, just a super well-balanced offensive attack and you know pretty solid defensive performance against a not-very-good Detroit Pistons team. I'm going to steal your line. Tonight, the Pistons got out-talented. Mm-hmm. They, amen, hallelujah, they did. And, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm looking... Okay. Average free throw attempts per game. The number one team in the league getting to the free throw line is the LA Lakers. They shoot 26.7 free throws a game. Tonight, the Pistons, and this is the reason this game took years the pistons and the magic combine for 76 free throws attempted the magic shooting 40 and the pistons shooting 36 the magic were awful at the free throw line in large part it's due to Paolo being four of 11 from the free throw line he's got to figure it out from the line being a guy who is going to be shooting seven eight plus free throw attempts a game on average for the rest of his career needs to figure it out. Four of 11 is inexcusable and he could have easily ended the game with 18 instead of 14 as a result and 18 and nine sounds a lot better than 14 and nine. He only shot nine times. He was four of nine. So the efficiencies were fine. But if you're going to get to the line, and that's going to be a big part of your game, you've got to hit these free throws. The Magic, as a team, shoot 62.5%. And I want to say the Magic shoot like 78 or 79 as a team this year, maybe over that point at this point. It was a, a little while ago when I looked at that. But you shoot 62%. The Magic could have pretty easily won this game by 35 We'll take 26, but it it just a glaring issue tonight was the free throws. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It was it was a really weird, stupid game to say the least. The Magic win every quarter, though. We'll say that, which I don't know how many times it's happened this year. Maybe one other time. But I'm pretty consistently checking that when it comes to games, and I rarely see the Magic win every single quarter. The last, uh, let's see, is this 28 games here? So basically since the start of February now, Paolo is shooting 69.4% from the free throw line. Yeah, nice. Yeah, 69.4% since the beginning of January, which for Paolo is 27 games, sorry. Yeah, 69.4% from the free throw line. Definitely an area where he needs to improve, to your point, like the volume that he's going to be seeing throughout his career. Like 69, even I mean, right on the season, I believe he's at, what, 74%, which is still good enough. Like this is never going to become like a hack-a-shack or, you know, hack-a-Dwight scenario. But Magic playing close games, Paolo Bancaro needs to be able to knock down free throws. 
what what did you say it was four of 11 tonight yeah it's just not acceptable you become a you know 80 85 three-point shooter like you're gonna add three four points a game onto your scoring average mm-hmm. and uh, you know especially in close games like we go back and and we'll do this after the season is over but like how many how many times have the the magic lost a game this year by like five six points where they missed seven or eight free throws like I'm gonna say at least ten that I can think of, where if the Magic, you know, shoot a decent percentage from the free throw line, they're in a game or they just outright win a game. So it's gonna be super important. Like I hate to be picky about you know a guy who's having one of the best rookie seasons of the last thirty years, but if there's one thing that I would like to see him really probably above everything else is improve as a free throw shooter. I think everything else is gonna come along for him. But like free throw shooting, that's just going to be like getting more reps and and improving. The three point shooting is going to come along. He's a crazy skilled shot maker in, in the mid range and in the post and everything like that. The turnarounds, the pull ups, we know he can hit that kind of stuff. But yeah, he'll he's going to get better. But uh, yeah, we're talking about a twenty six point game, and we're we're like literally nitpicking at this point. But like midway through the third quarter, I'm like, all right, the Magic are going to win this game. This is great. It's nice to have that feeling. Yeah, they're terrible. The Pistons. Can't emphasize that enough. They're they were who they threw out there just atrocious. Who knows? You know, they get Victor Wembanyama. Maybe they want to send a little Jalen Dern down to Orlando. Yeah, I wouldn't be too mad about that. I'm sure it wouldn't happen. I'm sure they'd be like, no, we can absolutely play Jalen Dern and Dern next to Victor Wembanyama. I'm just a, a big Jalen Dern fan. But yeah, again. Good to get the the win. Beat teams that you should beat. And a team that so often this season has played up to competition and down to competition. It was really nice. Like from the opening tip, the Magic were like, no, we're going to blow this team out of the water tonight. And that's exactly what they did. So credit to the Magic. Season's coming to an end, Luke. Draft lottery. We're talking a lot about the draft lottery and draft lottery odds. Let's go ahead and give a nice little spin on the Tankathon. So we talked about this earlier in the episode, but right now, because the Wizards, the Pacers, the Magic all have the same record, we're going to have to wait for some of those tie-breaking scenarios for the draft lottery if it ends up like that the rest of the way here. But Tankathon is kind of messed up because of that, but I'm still, regardless, going to go ahead and spin the lottery. And in this scenario, the Magic ended up, ooh, I don't like this, with the ninth and the 12th pick. Uh, Let's see, Utah jumped up to the number one overall pick, and Indiana jumped up into the top four and knocked out San Antonio and Charlotte, which knocked the Magic down a little bit, and they ended up with the ninth and the twelfth picks here. If we go ahead and take a look at the mock draft, that would give us Grady Dick and Bryce Sensabaugh. I would not be all that mad at that. No, yeah. Yeah, give us a little shooting. I'll be all right. That's all. That's that all. That's Give all us a little. Yeah. Never mind. Not going to say it. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. There will be plenty of time for Grady jokes if he ends up, you know, oh, playing for the Orlando Magic. There's going to be so many. It'll be beautiful. Give me lots. Um, to be bags of jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of jokes. I do want to point out. You said in that spin. The Jazz jump up, right? I I looked 
from last year, obviously the Kings were the team that jumps into the top four. And they had a 32% chance of jumping into the top four, which right now, as it stands, the Magic have a 31.9% chance. They're literally the same odds, I believe, that the Kings had. So anything can happen and anything is possible. Why not the Magic, you know? So last year was the Sacramento Kings. Let's go to 2021. The year before that, it was the Toronto Raptors. We remember that. In 2020, pretty much chalk. I think the Charlotte Hornets jumped up into the top four, but it was pretty much chalk for the most part. 2019, you had the New Orleans Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers all jump up into the top four. Pelicans had a 33 and 49 record. The Grizzlies 33 and 49. The Lakers 37 and 45. They kicked the Cavs, the Suns, and the Bulls out of the top four. The Cavs had a 19 uh, and 63 record. Uh, the Suns 19 and 63. The Bulls 22 and 60. So that was crazy. 2018. Let's see the Sacramento Kings. They jump up to top two, where. Uh, they took, was it Marvin Bagley? That was the the Luka year. My goodness. Uh, going back to 2017, again, the Sacramento Kings, they jumped up to three. I believe that was the De'Aaron Fox draft. Let's go to 2016. Uh, that was pretty much chalk. And now we're getting to the point where the odds were a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, since the odds have changed, it's basically almost every year a team has jumped from kind of that mid-lottery into the top four. So as you're sitting here and you're looking at the odds, just because the Magic don't have as good of odds as they did last year to end up in the top four or even to get the number one overall pick, history would show us that's not always, that's not usually how it goes. Usually a team jumps up. Why not us? Why not now? (laughs) Absolutely. Let's take a look at the week ahead, Luke. On Tuesday and Thursday, The Magic are going to be taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers at 7 o'clock, each of those matchups. Then on Friday, so you've got a home game on Thursday. Then you have a road game on Friday. Thursday, Friday, home away, back-to-back. Don't love those. At the Brooklyn Nets, that game tips off at 7.30 Eastern. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, you take on the Miami Heat in Miami to end the season. That game is going to tip off at 1 o'clock, Luke. Give me your prediction for this week. I'll start with this. You very easily could go 0-4. Yeah. I'm going to say you go 1-3. and And your win comes against Brooklyn off that back-to-back. But you're going to be tired of losing after the Cavs could likely wear you out for two straight games. They've dropped. The Cavs have dropped two games straight right now. So they're going to want to get back on track. They're going to take their anger out on us. And I think that they're about uh, to beat the Indiana Pacers. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Regardless, that doesn't change my prediction here. Cleveland coming down the stretch. They want to go into the playoffs, probably on a high note, a lot of momentum, two wins. I'm sure their eyes are going to be real big looking that they're playing against us. They need to get it. I do think that they're going to, going to get those wins. But yeah, I, I think your soul win this week and to end the season comes with uh, and against the Brooklyn Nets. If I'm Cleveland, I'm looking at the standings right now. 
Philadelphia sitting at 51 and 26. The Cavs are 48 and 30. They have an outside chance. Right now, they're fourth in the Eastern Conference. They have an outside chance of getting up to three. The Cavs' last three games at Orlando, at Orlando versus Charlotte, all of those should be winnable games for them. If you're looking at Philadelphia's schedule the rest of the way, they're at home for Boston, at home for Miami, and then they're at Atlanta and at Brooklyn the last four games. Let's say they want to rest up Joel Embiid and Harden going into the playoffs. What's more important for them? Those guys getting rest heading into the playoffs or securing the number three seed? I don't think it's that crazy for Cleveland to be sitting there thinking like, no, we need to win out and give us a chance at reaching third in the Eastern Conference. So Cleveland is going to want to win those games. Absolutely. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say you go two and two on the week. I think you find a way to split Cleveland. And then I have to believe, I have to believe that you beat Miami the last game of the season. Send us out the right way. Beat the dirty, stinking, cheating heat. Send me off into the sunset with a win. I'll be more than happy about that. This is purely heart talking. I've already lost this competition for the season, I'm pretty sure. So I just need the magic to close out the year with a big fat dub over the Miami Heat. Like a blowout I, win. I actually... Kevin produ- Producer Kevin is coming in off the top rope saying how I am probably one this past week. It's 6-6. Six to six. This changes everything. It also changes nothing. I'm still going to say 2-2. Two and two. It would be crazy. Not crazy, but it would be really impressive for the Magic to go 3-1 and one this final week. And I just have to believe that you find a way to beat the Miami Heat. So I'm sticking with my pick there. All right. For the for the championship. For the record prediction championship. For, for, for all the marbles, even though I don't think we wagered anything on this. Nope, we didn't. Nope, just marbles. Nope. Just just my dignity. That way I didn't lose to Luke twice mm-hmm. this season. I hope you're right. I hope we go two and two. That's worth. That'd be fantastic. Let's take a look at Brooklyn really quickly before we go ahead and, and close the show out here. Their schedule the rest of the way. Minnesota, Detroit, Orlando, and Philadelphia. Does it really matter to the Brooklyn Nets in terms of standings? They want to win a couple of games this week because they're two games up on Miami right now for six. Four would play five, and then three would play six. I'm guessing the Cavs would much rather play the Nets in the first round than the Knicks, if I had to, if I had to guess. So they're definitely still playing for that that third seed. But if I'm Philadelphia, I would also much rather want to play the Nets than play the Knicks. So they they probably want to hold on to three if I had to guess. Yep. So these games are really going to matter for Cleveland, for Brooklyn, for Miami. They're going to matter to the Magic, but kind of not really, not nearly as much as, as these other teams. So we'll, we'll see what happens here, Luke. But uh, yeah, four games left for the rest of the season. And then we hit the off season. Uh, any thoughts before we wrap it up here? No, let's uh, let's close it out strong, baby. Go Magic. Let's wrap it up. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this is Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. 
Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.